And yeah, so this is Spotlight Sunday and we are going to be hearing from the Phase team. I'm going to introduce to you in a moment Jane Sargent. She heads up the team. She manages the Phase Trust. Uh, the Phase Trust itself, I'm sure they'll tell you more about themselves. They were birthed out of this church and other youth workers getting together. Uh, and we enjoy really strong connections and relationships with all of the, the youth, uh, the, the Phase Trust youth team. And uh, we're going to hear from Jane right now. So Jane... You want to come on up? That's it. Give us some encouragement. Good morning. How are we all doing this morning? Are we okay? Good, good. I just want to um, just take a second just to thank Leon and the eldership of the church for giving us the opportunity to share with you the work of Face Trust. And um, we can only take you on a real whistle-stop tour, really, of the work that we do because of the time that we have together. But um, we hope that you'll just get a flavour of what we're all about really and what the team do and and this morning I want to ask you whether you can put on one side what you think you already know about young people is that okay so any experiences you've had whether you how you've parented whatever just put everything onto one side on the shelf because we just want you to be able to um, hear what God is saying and just see a new perspective really maybe a different perspective on what's happening for young people in our borough you know there are around 74,830 children and young people age 0 to 19 across the Dudley Borough. And we need to take a moment just to thank God that for the majority of these young people, as far as we're aware, they're growing up in nurtured and cared for and loved families and extended support groups. And that's great, isn't it? Yes, it is great, yeah. So, but, you know, as, as, as it phases a faith-based organisation and, uh, and as far, part of what we believe is the fact that when Jesus died, he died that there will always be enough. And so for the vast majority of those young people, they seem to be growing up fine. But for all of some young people, that's a different story. And their life has a different, a different timeline. And so 3,082 of those young people um, were defined as in need by children's social care. And all these figures I'm going to quickly share with you are correct as of March 2013. These are the most up-to-date that we can get. So 749 children and young people were looked after by the local authority. 386 children were reported as missing from home to the police. That's an average of 32 children every month. 32 every month go missing. They are found, by the way, just in case you're worried there. So um, 989 children under 18 years of age were victims of recorded crime, of which 26 were victims of knife crime and 5 were victims of gun crime. There were 6,653 referrals to children's social care, of which 1,516 were involving children living within a household where a domestic abuse incident had taken place. 40 young people were referred to the Young People's at Risk of Sexual Exploitation panel. That's a panel that sits and looks at referrals of young people that are at risk of or are already being sexually exploited across our borough. 3,534 live with an alcoholic dependent drinker. 1,198 live with a Class A drug user, while 1,797 live with a drug-dependent parent. 627 young people under 18 years of age are classed as NEAT. That's not in education, employment, or training. So, and then into the middle of this world, lands phase. So that's where we sit. This is the type of young people that we work with, this type of challenges that we're facing. And phase began in 1999, and really it came together as an initiative of youth workers in Halzoen, that wanted to connect up the work they were doing better, and out of that phase was birthed. 
Since that time, we now have seven staff that run a department. And underneath that is a whole raft of volunteers, some of which are here this morning, that help us deliver the programs and the projects that we do. So each staff member heads up a department. You have a sexual health department. We have an urban culture department. You have a personal development department. And we have a community and outreach department. And this morning, it would be really easy for me to stand here for half an hour and tell you about what we do. But they're all going to come and deliver their own individual departments to you. And that's important because I think you need to hear the passion that they have for the work that they do. And so we're going to... Um, get you hearing some of the stories about young people that we've worked with. I just want to say as well that um, these are real stories of real young people that we've worked with in the last 12 months that haven't been added to or changed in any way. This is actually their lives and their stories that they're living with and the journey that they're on at the moment. So you'll hear some stuff and you'll see some stuff. So I just want to ask you a question this morning. What do you see? Hi, I'm Amy. Everybody is always having a go at me and asking me loads of questions about why I'm never at school and who I'm hanging about with. So I run away a lot and sleep at different people's houses. I don't tell anybody where I am because they just stop me going. I've always got new friends. A lot of them are older, which is cool because it means I get to go to lots of house parties and they buy me drink and weed. Sometimes we just stop out all night and cause trouble. I get a lot of attention from the boys and they ask me to do things like send them pictures and have sex. I have been worried about being pregnant a few times, which really scares me. I'm only 15. What would I do with a baby? I wonder what you see when you see a young woman like this. What you probably don't see is the life that is underneath all the behaviour that she presents. It's quite quick and easy for us to judge. Amy was removed from her home when she was just four as both parents were class A drug addicts, spent time in prison. She's witnessed domestic violence and all the relationships that she sees around her are negative ones. So how can we expect her to be any different or understand any different? Um, she now lives with other family members, but she says that they suffocate her and won't let her do anything, so she acts out. What we see is a young woman that is fighting to get attention and just wants to be loved and accepted no matter what the cost. She runs away a lot and skips school simply because it's easier to run away and escape her problems rather than to face them. Um, in the sexual health department, when we meet a young person like this, what we aim to do is to support them by building a relationship of trust, stability, love and care. Because for all we know, they could be, you know, we could be the only role models that happen to be in that young person's life. Here at FaZe, we have built many strong relationships with other agencies, one of them being Respect Yourself Campaign, um, who me and Vicky work really closely with. Together, uh, we wrote a program called Delay, Let's Leave It Till Later, um, which aims to delay a young person's first sexual experience. Um, this involves sessions um, where we cover topics such as self-esteem so that we can help them realise what their real worth is, give them space to reflect on their experiences regarding relationships um, and encourage them to look at what a positive relationship might actually look like, um, helping them become more aware of their own safety and perhaps some of the risks that they might be putting themselves in that time um, and finally giving them the tools and the information to make positive choices for the future. Sure. 
Just want to introduce this morning um, Rachel Allen Ringham, um, who has uh, gr- graciously come and, and agreed to um, come and share with us this morning. Rachel is the Respect Yourself and Teenage Strategy Manager for Dudley Borough, the longest title in the world, mate. <laughs> and we've worked together for about five years um, working on agendas together. And Rachel's going to um, just share a little bit of an insight in how she sees this world with young people in the area of sex and relationships. So thanks for coming, Rachel. Really appreciate That's that. Right. And um, if you could just give a bit of an insight into what you actually do as a service. So I'm responsible for the Respect Yourself campaign, which is a campaign to try to reduce teenage conceptions and also a campaign to improve the choices of young people and the relationships that they make. And then I'm also responsible for a service that provides the work that does that. Um, So basically, my overall responsibility is to try to make sure that young people make better choices and have improved outcomes in their lives around their personal relationships. So what would you see as one of the the biggest challenges that that there are to young people at the moment in this whole area of sex and relationships? I think for me, it's about that there isn't a moral compass anymore for young people. So a lot of young people, like Jane just talked about, nearly 2,000, are living in homes um, where they are identified as being in need. Um, So therefore their moral compass may not be being dealt with by their families because they may not have the capacity or the ability to do that. So that leaves us with the challenge as workers about, well, then how do we do that? Because it's not like it used to be even when I was young, and obviously, clearly, that wasn't that long ago. Um, (laughs) I didn't have a touchscreen mobile phone when I left the house, and I had a really scary mum. So, you know, I didn't do anything wrong because she was terrifying. So... But I also didn't have a phone in my pocket that meant that I could access, you know, sexy videos and, you know, pornographic images and I couldn't take photos of myself and send them to somebody who was abusing me. I didn't have that ability. And so, therefore, if you've got that ability and you've got no moral compass, where does that leave us who work with those young people? How do we help them find that moral compass? So we've worked together about five years, five or six years now. And so how would you say that FASE has helped you meet that agenda? Um... Phase have helped me immeasurably. So the first thing I'll say um, is that when I came into this work, I wasn't a Christian, and I am now. Um, and um, I, <laughs> I love the way people clap me for that, and I so got the gain from that relationship. <laughs> but that's great. I like to be clapped. Um, <laughs> so the first people who had to deal with me in my sexual health role were Jal and Vicky, and I literally put them in the back of a very small car and just grilled them about what were they going to do, how were they going to do it, what were they going to say to these young people, were they going to judge them? Because I've had mixed experiences over the years. You know, when you say I'm a sexual health worker to people who go to church, that doesn't always go down that well. They make a judgment about what that means about you. And obviously I made a judgment about what that meant for Jan and Vicky. They totally rose the challenge. I wouldn't have. I'd been like, I'm not doing this, get out. You're only giving me like 10 grand. Go. <laughs> Um, but over the years, we've built amazing relationships. And I'd just like to take this opportunity that I didn't say in my last bit. They're amazing. You are so blessed to have them. They are amazing in what they do. I mean, I work for such organisations, and you know, I, there's a lot I could say, but we're not that great always about putting young people in the middle. We're not that great about you know, why we're doing this. They are amazing. And they've done amazing things for what we had as a cause, which was about how do we get young people to understand that they're worth way more than just that guy that wants those images of them. We've written programmes, we've gone into schools, we've seen people individually. And it's really probably the first thing I've ever done, I've been working in sexual health for nearly 20 years, that was truly collaborative. You know, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? And actually, we've way gained 
They've gone way above and beyond anything I ever could have expected when I started this. And I leave Dudley next Friday, so I just want to take this opportunity and try not to cry to say, I couldn't have done it. Like, I literally couldn't have done the things I wanted to do without you. So, thank you so much. Thanks, right. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, you said that when we first had to work together, you weren't a Christian, but now you are. Yeah. And I know this is probably a bit of a spotlight question, really, but what do you see as the church's role in working in this whole agenda? I think, for me, you have to love people to God. So we work with some like really like truly broken young people, young people where you really want to go, do you know what? Actually, just leave. You're really doing my head in. And you can't do that. And if you go down the road of, well, what do you mean you go into town and you're sleeping with five guys and you're not doing anything about it? And go in with a judgment, it doesn't work. It just, they just put them off. You have to love people to God. You have to make them feel that they are valued. You have to do that bit about bringing heaven to earth. You have to do the Jesus bit. You have to make them feel like they're worth that relationship with God. And that takes an immeasurable amount of time and a measurable amount of grace and mercy. And I know that these guys and some other people in my life, they loved me to God. No one judged me to God. They loved me there. And that's what churches need to do for young people. You need to love them to God. Thanks. Let's just thank Rachel. Rachel, we just want to bless you in, in the work that you're going to go on and do. I know that we'll work, continue to work together and do amazing things for the kingdom of God, but I just want to thank you for the risk that you took on us as a small organisation and, uh, and look at what we've built with God at the centre of it. So thanks, Rach. <laughs> so as Rachel said, how do we love young people to God? That is such a challenge for us as a church and as individuals. And like Charlene said, we need to look behind at the behaviour that might, we might be presented with and look at the story and the life that these young people are faced with at home and around them. Um, but firstly, as Rachel's already touched on, the media plays a massive role in influencing our young people. And we need to be checking what young people are doing on sites such as Facebook and Snapchat and other things like that. And if you don't know what they are, you need to look into it and find out what they are. Um, you need to be clued up on that, on those social media sites, because that's our responsibility to protect our young people. Um, so, you know, look, look at those, check the privacy settings. Those sites are really, really good and can be really positive, but there are risks in that as well. So you just need to make sure we're protecting our young people with that. Um, we find that uh, a lot of young people that we deal with uh, develop their, their views about sex from porn or other media sites and other you know, places like that in the media. So we need to be challenging that and speaking into, into, the, into our young people, talking to them about sex. And you might find that really difficult. You might think that's a really difficult conversation to have. Um, so there's, a, there's an opportunity coming up on uh, March the 12th uh, where Romance Academy are coming uh, here to the church. So if you think, oh, I don't really know how to have those conversations about sex, then come along because that's a good starting point to learn how to have those conversations um, to our young people. Uh, young people are often um, open to so many uh, influences around them and as a church and as individuals we need to be the bigger voice, the stronger voice in this area of sexual health. Not a judging voice um, but a positive voice uh, to our young people where we're showing them the love and care and support that really that's all they're, they're crying out for. You know, You could be the only positive voice that they hear. So what do you see? 
My name is Sarah and I'm 14 years old. I struggle to engage and behave in school. I get into fights at school and sometimes end up punching teachers. I have trouble controlling my anger and showing respect to others. I have a bad attitude about life and can become abusive towards my parents. I also get involved in drinking and smoking weed. So, I wonder what you see when you see a young person like this. You probably don't see the person who gets called names and beaten by a dad. A person who was attacked, which will stay with her forever. A person who doesn't have a positive role model in her life to help and support her. A person whose cousin recently died and a nan who has cancer and the school won't let her have any time off to grieve. Supporting young people like this can be a really difficult challenge. And the Urban Culture Department is about supporting young people who may get drawn into negative lifestyles, which could possibly get them ended up in criminal activity. Getting alongside young people like this involves me building strong, um, positive relationships so they can open up to me. So if I was to see a young person for the first time, they wouldn't share everything with me. So it's about consistently meeting up with that young person and building a good, strong relationship so they will share lifestyle experiences which they may be coming across. Um, I work in the Dudley Borough in and out of schools um, with young people who find life a challenge. One of the main issues I have to deal with is working with young people who um, may be in gangs or on the peripheral of gang activity. And one of the programs I use is called Think First. Um, Think First is a series of tools which was written in partnership with um, different organizations, and one of these being the Youth Offending Service. Um, it aims to, to challenge people's views and opinions on what they're getting themselves involved in, um, to tackle issues such as gang activity and the decisions which they're making. And Jane mentioned some stats. 26 young people were knife victims, and that's 26 young people too many. Um, I want to show you a short clip of a young person who's successfully come through the Think First program, and he now helps deliver Think First into schools. My name is Alistair Millward, I'm from Starbridge Town. I've been working with Face Trust for about two to three years now. I was recommended by the yacht, the Dudley Youth Offending Service. I love making music, I got told about Face Trust and that they were doing the Think First program. My life is different now. When I met Pete, I was getting in trouble, hanging around with the wrong sort of people. And ever since then, I've turned my life around and now looking at a bright future in music. So, yeah, <laughs> when I met Alistair, he was a bit of a crazy guy. He was doing a lot of things which he shouldn't have. And I supported him. I stuck by him. And he got, <clears throat> come on to think first. And he fought first. He fought before he did what he did. And that's what Think First is. Think first before you do what you do. And Alistair did that. And now Alistair helps support what we do and goes into schools and shares his story and talks about his life and he, how he got out of 
the gang life which she was in. So there are challenges, um, challenges for me and challenges for all of us. Um, when we look at the behavior that might result in criminal offenses, it's easy to say, oh, that's not my problem, I don't care. But um, sometimes we may be right, but someone has to give them an opportunity to change. And this is what FaZe does. We give young people the opportunity to change. And I think everyone deserves a second chance. Now what do you see? Hi, my name's Simon. I find boundaries difficult to follow. And if I'm not in the right mood, I can be rude, abrupt and offensive. If things aren't going my way, it frustrates me immensely. It can make me a difficult person to be around. I love to talk when you get me on the right day, but I can often end up in an argument if I don't agree with what you say. More than anything, I want to make friends, but I never seem to say the right things and I don't really understand personal space. I end up coming across as over-familiar and very intense. It leads me to pushing people away rather than drawing them close. So I wonder what you see um, when you see a young person like that. You probably don't get to see the diagnosis of autism that makes interaction with others a challenge and confusing. You probably don't get to see or hear the desperate desire to make friends, but the constant rejection that is experienced um, in his past. You probably don't have the background information to understand that failure and disappointment has just marked his life and it shapes the way he interacts with the world around him. And I think at Faye's richly in quite a privileged position to be able to gain that information that often you don't get from a first glance or a first meeting with, with young people. And FaZe's personal development department is really um, just about helping young people to dream of what their, their future can be like. And it's about helping them overcome those blocks and challenges that are preventing that from happening. So it's just about encouraging, it's about challenging, and, and most importantly, it's about equipping young people to be able to travel their journey uh, through life um, and get where they, they, they can be. And there's two main ways that we like to do that. Uh, the first is one-to-one -one, uh, mentoring and group mentoring. It's just really an opportunity to come alongside, come, come alongside young people and give them an alternative perspective. I'm sure any of you that have ever met young people or have uh, young children, they only see what they see. And I think often at times it's good to just say, hold on a sec, there are some other options. Let's look at them. Second way we try to do it is through um, personal um, development programs, which is just a more intensive support that looks in more detail at who young people are, what they're about, what their strengths are, what they're really good at. Because often in life, young people get told a lot what they're not great at. And I think if we can tell young people, actually, you're really great at this, um, so do it. Um, it's a really good uh, message to give young people. <clears throat> and I think more than anything, young people need significant adults to care. Um, it's really obvious to say. And I'm sure looking back on your, your lives when you were younger, there was always one or two people that said the right thing at the right time in the right way and that had a profound impact on, on, on your existence as a person. And I think, not only that, I think we need significant adults to be persistently believing in young people when they're at their worst 
and when they need it most. And I think that's really important to say. Um, it's okay loving young people when they're easy to love. And um, I, heard, uh, a, I heard a song once. I've got a song that I listen to quite often. And the, the opening line is, those hardest to love need it the most. And that couldn't be more true. And when I listen to that song, it's almost as if God says those words to me. Because I work with some young people that are supremely difficult to work with. They're fantastic young people, but they're so difficult to work with. You just want to walk out of the room and bang your head up the wall, genuinely. Um, but I do believe God's heart is for those type of people. And I think God wants to love the hardest to love. And I think actually that's what, that's what Jesus did. He was always rubbing shoulders with the people that everyone thought that he shouldn't have been doing it with. And really that's what phase, phase trust is about. And I think that's the challenge for us. You know, I don't want to be just the only person doing this. I think there's a community here that can share the burden. And um, I think the challenge for us this morning is to see, see young people how Jesus saw them. Um, you know, I'll go back to that image of Jesus calling the disciples. And they were young and they were probably not in the best place or doing the right things. But Jesus didn't only see those things. He looked deeper past the surface to see them who they really were. And I suppose that's the challenge for us um, as a community, that we don't look at young people off a first glance and just judge that behaviour. It's about looking a bit deeper and seeing who God intended them to be. And I think that's the approach that's motivated me in life, rather than seeing when they you know, do the wrong thing. It's actually, you can be something more. And that's something that I think we can all do. So what do you see? My name is Kevin. I am 14 and I find it hard to stay calm and listen to people. I often end up fighting with other young people because they don't do what I say or call me names. I get to go to a youth club and often end up fighting there. Teachers don't listen to me and I don't see the point of school as it doesn't help me. I'm often on school report or getting sent out of class. It's very easy for me to lose my temper. So I wonder what you see when you see a young person like this. You probably don't see the individual who finds it really hard to communicate or to get their opinion across. You probably don't see the individual who sees violence as the only way to communicate. So he sees that through family, through media. You probably don't see the youth worker that makes him a priority to talk to every week. You probably don't see the youth worker who shows him patience, guidance, and eventually encourages him to actually control his temper. And you probably don't see that actually this young person this year made a New Year's resolution to say, actually, I'm not going to get in trouble at school. And so far, every week he comes on a Friday and goes, I've made it, I've done it this week, I've done it this week. I'm not that youth worker, <laughs> just need to clarify. Um, my name's Tim, for those of you that don't know me. Um, I've recently taken over the job from Laura Hancock of Community and Outreach Worker. Um, so I'm kind of responsible for a lot of the school's work. So we'll do like assemblies, uh, lunchtime clubs, lessons, um, after school clubs. Um, literally a couple of weeks ago, we've just um, finished a whole week doing RE lessons in the back of a lorry. Um, there's about 16 computers in there and we all had the opportunity basically to, sh to share our faith um, across one whole school really. Um, I'm also responsible for detached work um, and 
running the Friday Night Youth Club, uh, the hub on a Friday night in partnership with the church. Uh, detached work is basically youth work without an actual building. Um, so that's your kind of go-to place. Um, detached work is, is, like Pete said, it's that opportunity to go out, walk around the streets and build relationships and build friendships with young people. And Friday night is a great opportunity for us to do that actually inside this building. Um, so at the moment, we've recently been getting about 160 young people on a Friday night come down into this building um, down in the youth area. Um, and rather than me tell you about what goes on on a Friday night, if you'd like to look at the screens, I'm going to hand over to some more young people and some of the volunteers that help out. Hi, I'm Paige. I've been coming to the youth since... No, I've been coming to youth for five years and I really enjoy it because I get to see all my friends and I've benefited because I come to the next gen meetings and it's really helped me out. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm, I've been coming to youth for about two years now and it's gave me the opportunity to see my friends on Friday nights instead of being bored at home and it's now gave me the opportunity to volunteer and help doing tech side of things in events on Fridays. Hello, my name's Gemma. My name's Megan. And the reason I come to Hub is because it makes me more sociable as a person, it gets me out the house and it makes me more confident around my family and friends and people. The reason I come to Hub is because it makes my friendship group stronger and wider. My name's Libby and I've been coming on and off for three years. I like it because I meet new friends and it's safe. I'm Lauren. And I'm Lauren. And we've been coming for a year and, and a half. half. Yeah. Um, it's really good because like, you get to see your friends and it's really fun and a good environment. I like coming youth because like, we get to chat and do stuff. And they do stuff on a night as well, and they change the atmosphere, and it's, and it's, it's a really fun vibe, and everyone's really nice. Um, I like coming youth because like there's activities like blind football, um, karaoke night, gig night, um, yeah. You can buy sweets, hang out, and do fun stuff with your friends. We've got the way and the Xbox. Yep, we're an Xbox. And the pool table. Yep. And air hockey. And I've been volunteering at Hub for just over two years and I get a number of things out of it. One thing I think is just being able to see what difference it makes in the lives of young people and being able to build into them is, is a benefit for me but also just connecting with other people and being of service to the community. And for the young people, I think it's a safe place for them to be. They get to um, see good role models in the adults that, that volunteer here. They get to take part in a lot of different activities. And most importantly, they get to hear about Jesus. I'm Tom. I've been volunteering for about three or four months, I think. Um, for me, Hub kind of, it's kind of good for me because I, I'm at a young age where I can relate to people. I think that I can actually genuinely make a difference on young people's lives. Um, and yeah, I think for the, for the young people themselves, uh, I just think that it's a good place because it provides them with a place to get off the streets. It, it helps us to uh, tell them about Jesus and uh, help them walk towards God. That's great. So hopefully that's given you a bit of an insight to Hub, especially what the two Laurens were saying. 
Um, there's also another group that was mentioned by one of the people said uh, Next Gen. Next Gen is a, a group of 15 or, or more young people, and they kind of meet about three times a year to actually discuss what they want from the youth club, what they want to talk about, what activities they want to do, what they might want to use the rooms for. Um, so th that's what just she was uh, referencing. Um, the great thing about the hub is that we are getting people, young people from Cradley Heath, Raleigh Regis, Quinton, and further afield than that. But we're also getting people from Hales Owen. And the reason I say that is great, because those young people are our young people. Those young people are our young people. They're our responsibility. If we don't do something for them, who is going to? We've got a great team of dedicated volunteers on a Friday night. And actually, that team is bigger than probably the young people ever see. Because actually, there's a group of people that meet here. doesn't matter what the weather, if it's snowing, it's sunny. They will meet here in the coffee shop. They never see a young person on the Friday night. But they pray for the youth work. They spend their Friday nights giving it up, praying for the youth work. And I, I just want to take this time to actually publicly thank you for the people that are involved in that. So you know who you are. And we just want to say thank you for your dedication to the youth work that goes on and through this building with FaZe and the church. And these people are examples of people taking hold of that responsibility that these young people are our young people. They're taking up the challenge and going, okay, I might not be great working with young people or know how to interact with young people or even know what to say, but I'm going to pray for the people that are there doing that. And maybe Friday nights is just one of the opportunities that you could kind of get involved with. So maybe you could go actually once a month. I, I can go and help out down at the youth club. Maybe you're going twice a month if you're really generous. Or maybe you're thinking, actually, I don't know how to work with young people. Maybe I'm going to go and meet and pray with those people on a Friday night. I'm going to pray for the work inside and outside of this building. Or maybe it's just the fact of after this morning, you go to the back uh, stand, pick up a flyer and go, I've got young people next door. I'm going to give this to their parent. They need to know about that there's a place that they can go, as one of the young people said, that's safe. Or maybe it's just the whole street. I just want to leave that challenge with you to actually think about and think, actually, how can I be involved with some of the work that FaZe and the church do? I'd just like to invite Jane back up. Thanks, team. Thanks, the team. Let's just give the team a, a thank you for what they've shared this morning. Thanks, guys. I realise that's been a load of information for you to download this morning and actually take in, but we hope that something that we've shared has actually struck a chord in your heart, whether it's to do with sexual health or personal development or, or just helping out on a Friday night. You know, we just hope that something has touched you. But we realise that you could be sitting there this morning with a couple of questions. You know, one of them could be, well, Jane, what makes what FaZe does any different from any youth provider of any services across the borough, from what social services try and do, from what existing youth providers do? What makes it any different? And the second question could be, well, does what you do actually work? What is your success? How do you measure success? How do we know that what you're doing is, is having an impact? And um, I just want to applaud you this morning. If you work in any arena that has any connection with young people at all, in any capacity, whether it's administratively or hands-on work or you look at strategy. We realise it's a really demanding and trying um, job to have. 
And I just want to thank also our partners that we work with, that, or that we go and help their agenda, and they in turn help us make young people's worlds a much safer and secure environment to be in. So I just want to thank you as well, because some were here earlier and some are still here, and you know who you are. But I believe the biggest difference in what we do is not the programs we deliver, it's not the projects we go and support, it's actually in what we carry as individuals. It's what we carry inside ourselves. It's the passion that you've heard from the team. You know, services in our borough provide, you know, in very, very difficult circumstances, the best that they can do. But they don't have limitless resources. They don't have unending opportunities. But if we are Christians, we carry something inside of us that isn't a scarce commodity, that isn't here today might be changed by some law or some agenda or some, somebody higher up changing what you need to do in your job tomorrow. We carry hope. We carry hope inside of ourselves. And something that in God, there's no ceiling on that commodity. There's no end to it. It's unending. It's available in abundance. And when I read my Bible, you know, I see Jesus um, interacting with people all of the time whether he intentionally met them or whether they just bumped into him on the road. You know, whether it was the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, or even the thief that died on the day Jesus was crucified, the robber that he turned to and said, do you know what? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Because Jesus dealt with them all the same. He didn't condone behavior, but he positively addressed it. And he always, always, always gave every individual he met a doorway to hope. And as a faith-based organization, that's what we carry. We always, always carry a doorway to hope for every young person that we meet. And we believe as a team that for every young person we work with and that we encounter, a change can happen. Do you know what? God can enter the most lifeless and the most difficult and challenging and hopeless situation. Do we see change every time? I wish we could say yes. I really wish we could. But do you know what? As we go forward... We want to expect more, we want to believe for more, and we're going to hope for more. And so to the second question of, do we see success? I'm just going to leave it to our last video clip to give you that answer. Good morning, I'm Nikki Burrows. I'm the Children, Young People and Families Development Officer at Dudley Council for Volunteer Services. I've had the pleasure of working with Phase Trust now for three years and I'm really honoured and proud to be asked to do this for you this morning. We always talk about putting the young person at the centre of everything we do, hearing that young person's voice and Phase Trust it epitomise everything that this means. They work relentlessly for and with young people to make sure that their lives are so much more improved in the future. It always amazes me how all of the staff at FaZe work so well together. They have such patience, such kindness and such regard for everybody that the minute you walk into the building you automatically feel relaxed around them. They take young people on a journey at their own pace. They're not there with a clipboard, they're not there with outcomes, they're there truly for that young person. They see the best in them, they find the talents that no one else has managed to find until now. They give themselves to everything that they do and they do it with creativity and innovation. I only wish that I'd got a phase trust in every single township across this borough. Phase trust, please carry on doing what you're doing. You're brilliant, you know that that's how I feel about you. And I know that's what the young people that you have served will say about you too. Thank you. Do you know what we know that God's going to continue to challenge phase? It's going to continue to stretch us. 
going to continue to ask us what we're going to do to meet the needs of the broken world that we live in. You know, we stand with and for young people and we want to ask you this morning, would you consider standing with us as we stand with them? And just as, you know, Leon comes back with the team, there's just a few ways that we just want to quickly tell you about that you can do. First thing and most important thing is you can pray for our work. There's, if you want to go to our stand at the back after the service and put your name on, on a sheet of paper and your email address, we'll as regularly as we can try and keep you updated in the work that we're doing and how it's going and our new initiatives and how young people's lives are being impacted. You could even consider giving financially. You know, all the, mon- all the, way, the, 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 the money, way that money comes in is through grants and trusts and people giving, you know, sacrificially sometimes, I know, into the work that what we do. And if you feel prompted by that, you know, every penny that is given does get invested back into the lives of young people. So if you want to consider that, if you want to go and speak to Vicky, she'll be at the back of the stand as well after the service is finished. You can get involved in the work. Remember what Tim said about we're getting over 160 young people a week in this building. And with that comes a legal requirement to make sure that we keep them safe and secure. That means that we need about 17 volunteers every Friday evening to keep that work going and to make sure that young people are safe. And you know what? Finally, you could simply commit to making a contribution to their world. That could even be simply as talking to one of them in church on a Sunday when you see them. Don't avoid them interact with them say hi say how's it going how's your week been you know there may be somebody in your street that may be I don't know a single parent that is you know is struggling and may just need a coffee with you or may need your kids to play with theirs we have a great board of trustees I just want to honor this morning and you know what we've come with some what we've thought have been as Leon's been talking about God whispers And where God has challenged us to think, to say, what are we going to do in the agenda of sexual health? What are we going to do in the agenda of young people that are being pulled out onto the street and getting into bother? And every time that we have gone, they've never said, no, I don't think we don't need to do that. They've gone away, prayerfully considered it, and helped us come up with a strategy to make that actually work. And I just want to honour them this morning as well. And we're going to finish this morning by singing a song which is really, really quite um, important to us as faith. called God of This City. And just as we sing this, I just want to ask you, if you can agree wholeheartedly with the words of these songs, that greater things have yet to be done, greater things are still to come for the young people in our borough and in our community of Hell Zone. I want to ask you to stand and sing it with all the passion that you can this morning. Because young people need us. This is our next generation. These are the future employees of the things that, you know, businesses that are around our area. They need us. They need you. We need you. So as we sing this song, just let God speak to your heart. Because he's the God of them as much as he's the God of us. Whether we, they know him or not, he's as much their saviour as he is ours. Thank you for listening this morning so well. And please, you know, come and speak to us at the end of the service.